Okay, we're joined in the studio uh, this morning uh, by Kurt Orderson and Trapania Bonner. Kurt is the director of the film um, Not in My Neighborhood, and Trapania's film is Displacement in Central City, both of which are going to be showing tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. at the Broad Theater as part of an event co-sponsored by Patois Film Festival and Jane Place Neighborhood Sustainability Initiative. Um, just a little bit about Patois. They were founded in 2004 by uh, New Orleans artists and activists, and it's premiered hundreds of powerful social justice-oriented films from around the world while highlighting brilliant local filmmakers with vital local grassroots organizations. So um, without taking more time with that, I'll say that this event seems like a real embodiment of <laughs> Patois' first sentence of their mission statement. And Jane Place uh, says that they believe that everyone has a right to safe, accessible, healthy, and affordable homes, and that their work has to, uh, has to center the leadership and needs of those residents most vulnerable to housing discrimination, displacement, and neighborhood planning exclusion, um, which is a very part of, large part of the topics of uh, y'all's films. Kurt and Trapani, could you each just talk a little bit about your films, um, what they're about, and what led you to produce them? <clears throat> yeah, Displacement in Central City um, is, is a piece uh, based on just that title, um, Displacement and Gentrification, and um, it sort of um, uh, allows folks to listen to, you know, firsthand experience from residents, um, community stakeholders who are going through this issue currently in Central City, um, and so you have a representative from uh, traditional uh, Mardi Gras group, the Baby Dolls, um, a community activist, community leader, uh, and Sandra, um, etc., and um, and also a representative from Harmony Oaks. We thought it was important to not only talk about um, the issue of gentrification, but also um, to sort of lay out possible solutions. Uh, we know for a fact that if you're a renter uh, living in any of these zones, you're more vulnerable than homeowners. Right? Mm -hmm. um, and so we thought it was important to also make that point. Um, but, you know, again, so the film is based on um, you know, displacement in Central City. Um, thank you for having us on your show. Um, so, Not in My Neighborhood um, uh, is a film uh, that tells an a intergenerational story across three different continents, um, uh, Brazil, um, Latin America, um, South Africa, uh, on the African continent, and um, uh, the United States. Um, and it tells the story of three global cities that's currently um, caught up in a dichotomy of what does development mean and development for who. So ultimately the fundamental question is kind of looking at the correlation between what has transpired from the, the, the inception of colonization to gentrification. Um, I think that, you know, the, the markers of a kind of colonial city and the colonial kind of the, the legacy of colonialism in terms of you know, who has access to e economics, mm -hmm. access to space, and who can occupy space, have been very much a bias um, and a very racialized um, um, idea as well of how development works. So, Nothing My Neighbor tells this story between uh, um, three cities uh, in Cape Town. Um, we explore the, the, the connection with um, apartheid uh, laws um, around segregation and um, uh, the group years, like, which, which meant that um, certain areas were declassified as white only and, and um, black people were pushed to the margins mm -hmm. where the peripheries or the ghettos were built townships. Um, in Brazil we speak about favelas. Um, so we look at the correlation of kind of what transpired since 1948, um, since the, the inception of the ideology of apartheid in kind of 1994 with our first demo democ democratic um, vote and how development and, and, and the redevelopment and the kind of reconstruction of what South Africa should look like in terms of as an equal society 
to, for people to have access to housing um, and, and access to, to, to uh, leisure mm-hmm. and space. So there's, a com- there's communities right now um, that's basically um, on the forefront right now fighting against gentrification. Mm-hmm. But gentrification itself, uh, we tend to speak about spatial violence instead mm-hmm. of using the kind of glossified uh, academic terminology gentrification that's been I think it's been construed um, in terms of how people tend to kind of throw it out there and kind of have a antagonist protagonist kind of dialogue. But I think we need to identify that there's a legacy of inter- intergenerational trauma mm-hmm. uh, that's been caused because of colonialism and because of displacement. So we have to kind of draw these correlations together. So in not in my neighborhood um, in Sao Paulo, we explore the connection with occupation and kind of legalized state violence. Our policing and, and development and development de- developmental and multinational corporations have have formed these coalitions to fight the gangs um, and to basically displace people. So I think uh, the the soccer World Cup in in 2014 mm-hmm. was a, a key moment for for how the, the 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 evil forces of capitalism and globalization have kind of imploded on the community and people have resisted. And so now uh, we focus in the fall. We focus on the largest uh, occupation in Latin America, Prestes Maya, in Sao Paulo. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and we follow these characters basically looking at what occupation means. Um, occupation itself has been construed into say that, you know, it's people who just want to, you know, like vandalize buildings and occupy spaces. But it's about, for me, it's about family dignity and people who have lost space and how they reclaim space. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the U.S., we look at the strong correlation, uh, in specific in New York City, uh, the connection with the NYPD and these big developmental firms um, whose gentrifying areas, but also how does, how does demographic change, but also how does policing change mm-hmm. in these developed uh, gentrified areas. So you have um, specifically black and brown communities, for example, who are now faced with this brunt of police surveillance in the, in the community. So when you, you know, um, Spike Lee speaks about his father, for example, in Fort Greene, who used to play um, the saxophone, he's a jazz musician, all of a sudden, after you know, with the as the demographics change, all of a sudden, um, at some you know morning, um, uh, the cops arrived on his doorstep, and he was told to kind of lower you know uh, the volume. Yeah. So I think these kind of key kind of the iconography of gentrification is what we what we uh, dissect and unpack in not in the neighborhood. And and that I mean I mean so much of what you just said, and I think especially that last bit about surveillance and changing policing is something that'll resonate for people in New Orleans for sure. But I think we're right now in this moment of seeing these new cameras that have lights flashing on them all the time, and seeing you know this we just learned about this collaboration between the New Orleans police and Palantir, um, you know, doing all this new stuff that we just you know that in a di- you know that, that facilitates the sort of direct obvious violence that we've been seeing forever you know yeah and it's violent it's a, vi- a very violent uh, it's not just about displacement and people demolishing buildings you know it's about also about you know what happens to the memory of that space and family mm-hmm. memory you know and who who decides how do we reclaim and who remembers who who captures the archives and who owns the archive so i think that needs to be unpacked i think but also looking at kind of solutions and how do we, you know, look form these um, community grassroots solidarity groups to fight and to mobilize within city council and government. Yeah, no, I, I think also um, in, in sort of um, not comparing the films, but sort of laying out sort of an analysis of both pieces. You know, I, I thought what was interesting about Kurt's piece was the uh, introducing to to us this idea of spatial violence, mm-hmm. um, which you know, in, in terms of language. Um, we typically use displacement, 
here, right? Uh, mainly because of our, our, our uh, experiences with um, these major storms, right? And yeah. how uh, folks are sort of forced out of um, their place of residence um, as a result of a, a man-made disaster and or natural disaster. Uh, but so, so in regard to, to spatial violence as it, as it looks from a global perspective, or what we call a global south perspective, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it's far more subtle here in New Orleans, right? Um, and, and, and what it also, in terms of policing, how that dynamic changes, that's also a very subtle um, aspect as well because, you know, again, the cameras allow you to be a little bit uh, more uh, passive-aggressive in a sense, right? But you're still policing and monitoring a particular community, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and we see these, these, these cameras everywhere now, um, and, and in particular in Central City, um, where um, the focus of this, the, this, this particular displacement piece is. Um, um, there was a reference to the questions of, of other pieces in, that I produced in terms of Crescent City Exodus and the BP disaster film um, and how it relates to environmental justice and mm -hmm. environmental disaster. Um, what we found is um, generally what happens is when you're displaced, you're generally displaced into communities where you have environmental hazards, mm -hmm. where you're, you're near land trusts, I mean, not land trusts, but land fields, et cetera, yep. right? Um, and, and even in Central City, where the new high school is being built, it's being built on a former landfill, yep. right? So it's, so the environmental issue is, um, is ever-pressing, it's ever-present, um, mainly because many of these communities where we're finding displacement happen, they're already targeted um, in that sense because they're vulnerable communities, right? So where do they go when they're displaced or they're gentrified out of these spaces? They go into far worse environmental mm -hmm. um, spaces as well. So again, having that, um, again, that global South perspective, being able to tie in um, what's happening internationally, what's happening with locally, only amplifies this message of displacement and spatial violence. Mm -hmm. I really, I mean, I, I'm really digging this, this, this term spatial violence as a way of kind of bringing all these topics together, you know, because I think it is like over time, this spatialized, you know, form of, of, of persistent violence that I think is really clear even just in the things that y'all are saying today. Um, so I'm curious, you sort of spoke a little bit about each other's films, and I'm just curious, you know, how, if you're familiar with each other's work before this convening that's happening tomorrow, or have you discovered each other for the first time in the last, you know, few days? Actually, this is the first time we're actually having a action. Yeah, <laughs> this is the first time I'm hearing about Kurt's work, and so, you know, uh, so Google's your friend in this regard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was able to check Kurt out, um, see a teaser for one of the, um, for the, um, the Not In My Neighborhood piece, and I thought it was extraordinary. Mm -hmm. um, again, being able to pan out and amplify uh, the voices and the messages of the local folk um, and tying that to um, an international uh, experience, I think, is, is priceless. Um, and it's something that we need to look at because when folks understand that their plight is not um, their own, that people share these same experiences, um, those are grounds, those are common grounds for community building um, mm -hmm. and resistance. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so, um, um, yeah, I, mean, I read about some of, some of your work as well, uh, just in terms of specifically around environmental justice and, and that issue. I think specifically Louisiana as a state um, and what we read about and, and it's coming up um, about the kind of environmental injustice that's been happening here and, and the kind of the trauma that Mother Nature has, has faced. And I think your your work and, and what you guys have been doing on the ground, uh, it's, it's really um, uh, it's really an honor, you know, to, to, have shared, to share space because uh, it's, it's, it's an issue that's very dear to me. I think for us, 
looking kinda looking at the, the, the legacy of kinda architectural apartheid. Mm-hmm. It's a global phenomenon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the coin, the term itself, apartheid itself as a construct um, and as an ideology, uh, um, for us it was important to kind of look at the, the, the geographical, global and architectural and the kind of s- and how uh, s- uh, space and, and place is architect, the, the, the urban planning landscape of it uh, was, to kinda, was key to kind of look at a kind of a global lens because mm-hmm. uh, I think, um, as you mentioned, that we tend to look at um, our issues in isolation mm-hmm. in a domestic kind of like, and we kind of get caught up. But I think it's important for what was important for us to kind of create these kind of global solidarities, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we are facing the same issues right now at the same moment. And we were very blessed, I think, you know, to, to work on this film for five years. And when we released the film, which was in April this year, um, there was like an immediate um, kind of global attention to the project because people are facing it right now, whether you're in India, whether you're sitting in Detroit, uh, whether in Chicago, um, uh, in China, Shanghai. Um, so, so I think um, uh, global capital has shown, you know, the markers of what they're busy with. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they form in these kind of multinational global um, uh, coalitions. So how do uh, civil society and, and, and social justice groups globally, how do we also come together to form this solidarity and look at kind of lessons that we can learn from our localities? Mm-hmm. And how do we form kind of to push for, 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 for um, 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 equity and for justice within kind of our localized space, you know? Because I think it's important that, yes, we need to mobilize city council and to get, you know, voices up there, you know, to speak for us. But I think it's a... This movement is a grassroots one, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's, it's it's a people's movement who, who decides how space should develop. So I think the fundamental question is, uh, when, I, we, I mean, when we made the film, it wasn't really a, to kind of shun down on development. I think we all want development. Development is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But the, the fundamental question is development for who? Yep. And mm-hmm. that question has been very biased. Um, so, um, yeah, that's I think that was an important uh, interrogation to, to unfold. Yeah, and, and I, I agree in that sense. Um, you know, I'm involved not only just in filmmaking, but as an activist uh, in social movement as a response to um, this issue of displacement. And um, the, the folks I've been working with for the past five to seven years, the Southern Movement Assembly, um, we've been on a tour for the past five months visiting uh, various zones across the South, including uh, Puerto Rico, where, um, you know, they, they're re- approaching their one-year anniversary since the major storm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we produced a short piece just on their recovery while down there, and we're finding that they're, they're faced with the same sort of uh, colonial um, um, sort of engineering that we've experienced in the South for years, for centuries, right? Um, where um, disaster capitalists, you know, they come in, they take advantage of these vulnerable communities, um, and, and so um, displacement and gentrification is exacerbated by these disaster zones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so just, uh, again, in that same vein of just panning out and looking beyond our silos, we find, again, uh, common ground uh, where social movements and other uh, movements can intersect uh, and begin to be a sort of response um, to displacement and spatial violence, but also um, how do we look at solutions in terms of building um, self-determined, self-sustainable communities where displacement and development are not synonymous. Um, and we find that if we're looking at development from a holistic um, equity perspective, then we're in co- in- encompassing everyone's voice in the process of development, right? And right now, um, when um, these sort of colonized capitalist corporations come in, 
um, again, creating uh, opportunities for not only displacement, but distrust um, in our systems and in our governance, uh, we find that social movement is, is a typical answer. Uh, mm -hmm. How do we respond? Uh, we respond by community building yep. um, and creating an opportunity for folks to um, to have some level of, um, of, of, of not only equity, but ownership and development in their mm -hmm. communities. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess I, I would, uh, one other prompt that I would have, we got to wrap up pretty shortly here, but um, in this conversation about kind of local applications and ways to think, you know, apply, you know, kind of the lessons that seem to be represented in the work that you're doing in the sort of local scenario. And, and, and I think, you know, a big part of, of Jane Place's work, and I'm excited about uh, their involvement in the event tomorrow and also about Sue Mobley and, and um, Kyla Mubarero speaking, who both I think have a lot of great things to say about the local context. But um, are there any sort of particular ideas that you think about, about kind of lessons and how they can be applied sort of specifically locally here to that, um, to that resistance and to um, affecting this kind of real holistic development in New Orleans? You know, I think it's important for uh, community stakeholders and our folks who are viewing these films to understand that, um, you know, from my perspective, these are not movies, mm -hmm. right? This is not entertainment, yeah. right? Um, I believe that these are um, media advocacy films that if, if, if anything, once a folks are able to take it in, they're moved to action, right? And I think that's different than uh, sort of entertaining people with a film. Mm -hmm. um, you're entertaining people, not entertaining people, but um, uh, allowing folks to be a part of a cause um, as opposed to um, some entertainment type piece, you know? And so um, it's also another thing to go beyond just filmmaking. I think we're both involved in movement building in mm -hmm. so many ways. And so, um, again, I think it provides a different perspective. I'm a native of Central City, uh, so I'm not producing a film about a community that's not my own, mm -hmm. right? Um, I think that's also um, worth um, sort of noting. It's not only uh, being from a particular community, and if not, experiencing the same thing as mm -hmm. other community stakeholders have experienced with spatial violence and also with gentrification. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it's interesting. I've been here for two years uh, mm -hmm. in New Orleans, and. I mean, it was really, it's really interesting knowing the, the history of port cities and coming from a mm -hmm. port city, Cape Town, uh, and, and, and kind of making this comparison between kind of, you know, what has been the kind of the legacy of, of kind of uh, the making of the city. Uh, New, Orleans and New Orleans and Cape Town shares a very interesting um, um, history, I mean, in terms of like its colonial history, its colonial past, but also kind of how the kind of the colonial project unfolded, and and slavery specifically. I mm -hmm. mean, in both these port cities, were were key markers for transshipment, for slavery, mm -hmm. and for for as, as a form of commodity. And I think that um, the markers for gentrification, in, in for example, and displacement in the space, have, has been a very interesting obs observation. And I've been learning about the May and mm -hmm. by order lower nine and actually spend time in these spaces and, and try to kind of mobilize and speak to folks on the ground and work with these folks and i think it's really as it's at new Orleans specifically yes it sells this idea of you know it's a tourist destination for to have fun and have a great time but i think it's important that that you know we have to change the discourse you know mm -hmm. of that tourist economy to also how do people basically have a say within kind of how development works and operates in the city because i think it's the legacy of, of an apartheid city still is very prevalent in the mm -hmm. city. 
and it's very interesting to I mean to to actually have a, a kind of lens and a view within in that perspective and for and to see and to kind of learn from the experience from the localized experience of specifically also like uh, post Katrina and this uh, idea of redlining. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, not in the neighborhood was inspired after reading a book 12 years ago when I lived in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. was, the, the film is actually named after a book called Not in the Neighborhood, mm -hmm. about the history of redlining. And was it, uh, it, you know, it's, a, it's a story that's set in 1968, uh, 1965, after the assassination of Martin Luther King. Mm -hmm. It's people speaking about these architectural um, uh, apartheid um, redlining spaces mm -hmm. for people to resist. Um, okay, so I think. Um, the, the inspiration is localized, internationalized, and I think it's yeah for us. Not only kind of it kind of gives birth to to a global conversation. Absolutely. Um, well, okay. The screening is taking place tomorrow, not in my neighborhood, and um, displacement in Central City. Uh, it's going to be at 7 p.m. at the Broad Theater. Tickets are five dollars pre-sale or seven dollars at the door. No one will be turned away for lack of funds. Um, the organizers want you to know that the panel discussion will be robust and dynamic, as they have both filmmakers in attendance, as well as local community organizer Sue Mobley, who is the co-director of the Public Art and Public History Project Paper Monuments to lift up local New Orleanians' voices and imagine what special equity could look like. They also have uh, in the house artist and activist Kyla Mavero from Gallery of the Streets, a black feminist network who brings critical and unique perspective to the conversation around border crossing, abolition, and its relationship to displacement. So the panel is full of different perspectives uh, to this one issue of gentrification, displacement, and spatial violence. Um, Kurt Orderson, Trepania Bear, Bonner, I, <laughs> thank you both so much for speaking with us today. Um, we look forward to your film showings tomorrow. Thanks awesome. so much. Thank you.